Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. Once again, it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. And once again, we welcome you to this broadcast and we pray that the Word of God will find a place in your heart where it can germinate and grow. For the Scripture says of itself, Amen, as the rain comes down out of heaven and the snow that watereth the earth and causes it. This is cause and effect that causes it to bring forth and to bud, so shall the word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It will accomplish what I desire and prosper in the thing whereto I send it. So we just believe that God is sending his word to you today, that this is not an accident. (laughs) This is a holy incident. Praise God. Amen. And because God is sending his word to you, amen, and you have come to this website and you're opening your ears and you're opening your heart right now to receive it, I believe Fruit is going to come as the scripture declares again of itself, 30, 60, and a hundredfold. Hallelujah. In other words, you won't, you won't leave here, this place in time, like you came in Jesus' name. Praise God. All right. We've been talking about a a subject that I believe is very close to the heart of God. And that is for His people, His children, His sheep, the believers in the postmodern world in the 21st century church to worship Him acceptably, to understand, appreciate, and appropriate what true worship really involves. And, and and so today we're talking really the base scripture, if you want to go back several broadcasts, is in John's Gospel chapter 4, beginning with verse 19, the woman at the well has tasted the living water. Amen. And now her first and foremost desire is to show appreciation for what Jesus has done in her life. And she asked him about worshiping where they traditionally uh, said that that they should worship. Uh, And then she talked about the Jewish place of worship where they said uh, we should worship God if we choose to worship God. This is where you do it. This is where you do it. And and she wanted Jesus to define to her how and where to worship God acceptably. Of course, he responded, if you read that, the woman, the time has come and now is where neither in that mountain or that city is the appropriate place to worship God. The time is coming now is when true worshipers, that should be underscored. That is vitally important to this teaching. True worshipers shall worship God in spirit and in truth, for God seeketh such to worship Him. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. We've been talking about true worship in terms of our relationship to God. Uh, And now we want to talk about true worship uh, can only be exhibited by a yielded life. You see, to live a life of praise and worship is to be one who is yielded to God's Holy Spirit. As we yield ourselves to His Spirit, He changes us from glory to glory. As we willingly cooperate with His Spirit, He works in us to will and to do according to the Scripture of His good pleasure. 
You see, if we go through the motions or outward expressions of praise, but our hearts are not yielded to Him, then we are simply going through the motions. You, you understand there's no truth, no true sincerity here, but our hearts are far from Him. It then becomes acts which we are not true expressions of our hearts to God. And therefore, it is vain worship. It's fruitless worship. It doesn't do God any good, and it doesn't do that person any good. Friend of mine, God calls us to an intimacy through a real personal relationship with Him and with His Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So whoever you praise and worship or give worth to is who you should give your life to. Whoever you give your life to is who you should praise and worship. It's this yieldedness that is lived out daily. Every day we have the opportunity to live the surrendered and yielded crucified life. When we yield to His Spirit rather than our flesh, we have we have essentially uh, added that essential ingredient into our worship life that is absolutely an imperative. Listen to Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. It said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service. One, one version says your spiritual act of worship. Another says your true spiritual worship. You see, no matter what we do in terms of, of our voices and, and our physical movements of our body, hands raised and other things, no matter what, maybe tears running down our cheeks as we have our hands raised, if we are not living that yielded life, it is not a true spiritual worship. I know, I know that we would rather not deal with the deeper issues that are so personal to us. But God looks on the heart. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. So not just giving praise is what he's after, but actually living praise in our life. True worship always involves also a thankful heart thankfulness in our life. <laughs> we talk about thanksgiving coming up very soon. And, and, and God wants us to always be thankful, not just a day a year that's set apart as a holiday, but every day that God has created, every day that we show gratitude to Him. You see, to live a life of praise and worship is to have a thankful heart attitude. God revealed to us that thanksgiving is a gate to praise and worship. As we live a thankful life, we enter easily into His courts with praise. Psalm 104 really brings this out. I like this. It says, and you can see the approach to God. It says, enter His gates. This is the attitude that is necessary for those gates, literally, uh, to, to open up to us and, and allow us to move toward and into His presence. Enter His gates with thanksgiving 
and then we express it with our praise and our worship and into his courts. See the approach closer and closer into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Hallelujah. You see, we're to sing and make melody in our heart to the Lord in all things. We are to come into his presence with singing. The Bible said to, in another verse of, verse of scripture in the Psalms, to come into his presence with singing. We're to give thanks to him and bless his name. Accordingly, scripture shows us that God inhabits or in, is enthroned upon the praises of his people. God's presence lives in the praises of His people. It is His earthly address. <laughs> Praise God. There's no temple here except us. It is not the church building. It is the body of the believer. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's where He lives. Psalm 22 and 3 says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of of Israel, or is enthroned by our praise. Hallelujah. Uh, one paraphrase I really like. It says, leaning back on the cushions of Israel's praise. Uh, one, one man from the Middle East where they used to have monarchs that, that, uh, uh, and, and the, uh, actually China, uh, they had rulers that, that they enthroned and, and carried wherever they went on their throne. They understood what being enthroned is all about. It is making a throne for their, their mighty ruler to sit upon and, and to rule from. And someone, he said, when we praise God acceptably and we worship God acceptably, we make a throne in our heart and God comes and takes his rightful place. Hallelujah. As King of kings and Lord of lords and Lord of us. Hallelujah. And he literally leans back on cushions of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, friend, I get excited about the kind of worship that is going to allow for the manifestation of the presence of God in our personal lives and in our midst. You see, thankfulness in our hearts is expressed with words from our mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the scriptures teach, the mouth speaks. Thankfulness changes things. Thankfulness changes attitudes. It changes us and it changes situations. As we give thanks to God and praise Him, His presence in our midst and His glory is revealed. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, I don't know if you've ever been in a service where the glory of God just, it seems like it came down, but it didn't have to come down. It was manifest in and through his people. <laughs> and I've been in services where I, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again today. It's like heaven came down and kissed the earth and we were right in the middle of of the smack. Hallelujah. True worship always, always, without exception, involves a thankful heart. 
Remember when the ten lepers were, were healed and only one came back to worship him and give thanks. Only one. That, that's, that's a terrible, a terrible indictment against the selfishness of man who gets what they want. We used to sing it. <laughs> I got just what I wanted. Nothing wrong with the song as long as we take time every day to be thankful. I got just what I wanted from the Lord. He knew just what I wanted and I got just what I wanted. Well, if you get what you wanted from God, give God the thanks. Never, never show Him ingratitude, but live thanks before the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. So true worship always involves a thankful heart. And true worship also always involves a passion for His presence. In the presence of the Lord, the Scriptures teach, there is fullness of joy, and at His right hand there is pleasure forevermore. We should see worship as an opportunity to enter into His presence. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, courts with praise, come before His presence with singing, for He inhabits the praises of His people. Praise God. Amen. In the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. In Him is our life, our health, our peace, our prosperity, our hope, our joy. He has created us so that everything we need, we find in Him and Him alone. In His presence, our longing hearts are fully and completely satisfied. We are complete. We are fulfilled. We are created for His pleasure. And this is where we find our joy. His desire is for His people. Our desire should be for Him. There's a longing within us which can never be satisfied by anyone or anything else. But our intimate communion with Him. The things of this world grow strangely dim. Remember the song? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. We must so desire His presence in our lives that we allow nothing and no one to take His place, to distract us from knowing Him. He is our greatest passion. No one else, nothing else can fulfill the hunger and the cry of our hearts. Psalm 16:11 says, "Thou wilt show me the path of life; in thy presence <laughs> is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore." Praise God. And when we when we delight ourselves in the Lord like that, the Bible said he'll give you the desire of your heart, because the desire of your heart first and foremost, will be to please Him and to serve Him and for more of Him. We used to sing a song that, that I loved years and years ago. Tell me more, more about Jesus. Tell me more, more 
about Jesus. That's why this Bible study and previously this radio broadcast when we were on radio for seven or eight years uh, and before that we we were on radio and we had titles to our radio programs and one of them was Send the Light and another one was Foundations for Faith but the last time we were on radio for several years uh, it was simply Let's Talk about Jesus. Tell me more. Everything. He is the nucleus of of the gospel. He is the centerpiece of the gospel. Hallelujah. God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that is named. And it's to the glory of the Father that the Son is exalted like that. So our worship should not only be filled with gratitude, but it should also be extravagant. See, to live a life of praise and worship is to be an extravagant worshiper. Even as the woman who broke the precious alabaster vial of perfume upon Jesus So we should pour out our lives in worship to Him. As we do this, our very life becomes a sweet fragrance unto Him and to others. The sweet aroma of His presence in our life draws others to Him. And as we praise God, we declare and show forth who He is and what He is worth. That's why worship comes from that old English word, worthship. It's to place value on something or someone. When we praise God, there's a gathering or drawing of people. This drawing comes from the presence of the living God who lives in and is enthroned upon the praises of His people. As God our Father is enthroned upon our life of praise... When we live thanks, not just give thanks on Sunday morning, but when we walk out into our various uh, uh, places of of work and and interacting with the world, (laughs) He is enthroned upon our life of praise, and He begins to draw men to Himself. A preacher was invited to speak at a conference in California, visited a rose garden during a flower show. In the afternoon, that night, another minister sitting on the platform by him said, I know where you were this afternoon. I smell the fragrance of the flowers still on you. Praise God. Amen. And the Bible speaks of the fragrance of them in the New Testament. Going everywhere, everywhere Christians went, there was a sense of the presence of God, of the person of Christ. Hallelujah. God wants that fragrance to be, uh, to, to be uh, expressed through our life, the very character and person of Jesus. Amen. Oh, I want people to know my Master. I want Him to know my King. I want them to know my King. I used to work uh, bivocational for a while, but for, before I came uh, to take a, a pastorate in Tampa, Florida, I worked for Tampa Electric Company. My last day with Tampa Electric, when I'd given my notice, I, I, I was up in the line truck sweeping it out, cleaning it out, and one of the guys said, if this is my last day, 
I wouldn't touch that truck with a 20-foot pole. I'd be out of here, and I'd never look back. We'd had a hard day. Amen. And he said, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? I said, I'm doing it because I love my master. And I'm doing it as unto him. I, I have no reason to to impress or or, or or try to go up with this company. I'm done here. This is my last day. I'm going into full-time ministry. I'm not doing this for Tampa Electric Company per se, although they're being blessed by what I'm doing as a company. I'm taking care of the, the equipment as I always did. You know, the Bible said, whatever you do, worship is involved in everything we do. Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. You see, living worship, not just worshiping for one hour, or really, it's a one-hour service, probably about 12 minutes of, of time to worship uh, if you keep those services within those strict time frames. Uh, I, Oh, I don't even get me started. I'm not even going to go there. We've turned the Lord's day into our day, and we give him that tiny part of it, and we resent giving him any more than that tiny part. And we try to call this all worship. Then we go out through the doors into life, and we don't do it as unto the Lord. We resent Many times the, the, the work we do, the boss we work for, and we don't have gratitude and thanksgiving, and we wonder why we're not enjoying the presence and the joy of His presence and the pleasure that we should have. Whatever you do, the Scripture said in the New Testament, do it heartily as unto the Lord. You see, worship is brought into our daily life experience. Praise God. And not unto men, for you will be rewarded of the Lord Christ. What does that mean? That means you will enjoy the presence of God on your way to work, on the way home, and, and somewhere in, in that humdrum, hard pressurized place of the work environment you can have those moments with the lord hallelujah people think you're weird when that happens amen well you'll be different that's for sure because you will have a different attitude than anybody else i used to come in on monday morning when i was bivocational for a little over five years before i went back into full-time ministry and uh, and I, I remember all the people coming in. They had partied over the weekend. They were coming in with headaches and hangovers and some of them with guilt for things they did they wished nobody else would find out. And so they they came in with that attitude, and we I remember it shift change. I went in the afternoon shift, so I was in the locker room putting on my uniform at a production plant, and uh, and I started whistling, and, and it wasn't a hymn, and it wasn't a praise song. It was just a joyous, no no particular song, whistle, thinking nothing of it, and and it was you know somebody said. On the other side of the locker, somebody said, Who's that over there so happy on Monday? I told you it'll set you apart. <laughs> They'll think you're weird. <laughs> Who is that over there so happy on a Monday? And I didn't answer. Before I could answer, they called me the Rev where I worked. And, and someone else on the other side, that must be the Rev over there. He's got that deep, 
settled peace and joy in his heart. And I thought, Lord, here I am, not even trying to witness and yet becoming a witness simply because I still had the joy of his presence. Because Sunday we praise God and we worship from the heart and we entered into the presence of God and God's presence which was already in us, was manifest where we could sense His very presence. I'm going to tell you, we need that fullness of joy. And we need that pleasure of serving Him when we see everything as part and parcel of our worship of our God. We, we work and do the job with a different attitude. It's not to impress the company. It's to do the job as unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. And what a difference it makes. I'm glad I had those five, that five year interim, uh, uh, so that I could, I could put into practice what all people that don't just preach on Sunday and, and go to hospitals and marry and bury and, and live in kind of that clergy world environment. Friend, I know what it is to go out into a very harsh and hard environment to live out your faith. And, and bringing worship into that is so important because your attitude will be different. <laughs> Everybody is dragging themselves to work and I'm going still bubbling from Sunday. I pray that your Sunday service, wherever you attend church, is a true worship service. Do not be satisfied with watching other people praise God and affect the praise team and, and maybe some people around you enter in to personal worship of God. And if you can't enter in to the personal worship of God, if you are not led into that and given that opportunity, uh, well, you'll know what to do. Do I have to tell you? You, you? Listen, dead religious services are not pleasing to God. And anything we offer Him in the name of worship is not, according to the Scripture, true worship. It is something that is either entertainment for the people or some uh, some religious ritual that people go through, thinking that without the heart even being connected, that God will accept it as true worship. I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm just telling you the hour is late. Jesus is coming soon, and He's coming for a bride that is deeply devoted to Him because they are deeply in love with Him. Praise God. Amen. I, wanna, I, want to, I want to talk about this fragrance again before we close today. My wife uh, uh, has went to the same doctor for decades, and she got a brand new perfume that, uh, uh, and I forget the name of it, but it was a very, very nice smelling perfume, and, and she wore it to the doctor's visit. And the doctor came in the room. You know how they sit you in a room for 10, 15, 20 minutes. And finally the doctor shows up and, 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 and he said, what is that perfume you're wearing? I'd like to take you and set you in every room for a while. In other words, the fragrance was drawing his attention. Uh, and listen, Christians, 
today we can do all kinds of things and we can be very aggressive and we can be very bold in our desire and to witness for Jesus. But there's nothing that draws people to him like the fragrance of his presence. Hallelujah. Wherever Christians went in the New Testament, the fragrance of them. Hallelujah. It left that. It's something that's hard to explain. Even the world can't explain it. But when they encounter it, when God is able to manifest his presence to you, and through you, because we are true worshipers, and we are extravagant in our praise, extravagant in our worship. Hallelujah. We don't hold back. We offer our body a living sacrifice. Before we ever speak it through our mouth, we offer our body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord which is our reasonable service or our true spiritual worship. And in that atmosphere and in that attitude, the Bible is very, very clear. Amen. We are no more conformed to this world. Our mind is renewed and we're no more conformed to this world, but we are transformed by the renewing of our mind that we might prove, exemplify, What is that good, perfect, and acceptable will of God? Oh, friend, there's so much more to serving God, worshiping God, than just going through religious routines, religious rituals, Sunday after Sunday, never entering into His presence, never experiencing the manifest presence of God. No wonder so many people go through life and no evidence, no fruit, no fragrance to draw people to say what's the reason for the hope that's in you so that you can tell them about Jesus. Hallelujah. You have joy in this old, pressurized, sad broken-hearted world and they'll want to know where you found it (laughs) and you can tell them about a person that you know personally that's Jesus I've tried to do that today and every day of my life outside the pulpit I want the fragrance of Jesus to go everywhere I go and linger when I leave so that somebody will come to know him And today, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, it's not just about joining a church or being baptized. It's about coming to Christ, repenting of your sin, being forgiven, pardoned, and then begin to worship Him with everything you are. And come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.